listen. Welcome to the Intercut Live Spoiler Podcast that's looking back at the finale of Euphoria. HBO Season 2 has wrapped up. It's been so big that literally I think the only thing Cassie couldn't beat was Khaleesi herself, but they got so close. So many people have tuned in, and it's one of those shows where if you're a big fan of the series, then you've been keeping up with everything. If you're not a big fan of the series, you've been keeping up with everything. This is one of those shows that have just become so big, as you can see, Um, and I personally uh, am one who recommends it. If you have not seen the series, go give it a watch. You got two seasons to enjoy, even two little specials that came out during COVID. it's probably one of the best things that HBO has right now. I know a lot of people are divided with this. I don't think it's better than season one, but season two was still solid and I think really grew. What about you, Zach? Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed season two. I, like you, don't think it was as good as season one. I don't want to start this out on too downer of a note, but I will say, I think this finale was one of their worst episodes ever. It doesn't make me, doesn't put me off of the show. Doesn't mean I don't want to watch season three. I'm still very excited for season three, but uh, definitely a bit of a messy conclusion to this second season. All right. Well, again, if you have not seen it, this is your chance to go away. We do have a live chat over here, giving a big shout out to those who are on the stream. They've been waiting patiently. We'll be getting some of your notes as well, because there is a lot to talk about in euphoria so with that final spoiler warning out of the way let us explain take away zach it was a messy explosive finale for both lexi's play and the second season of hbo's hit show euphoria in a familiar story hbo max crashed because so many people were trying to stream the episode right at 9 p.m art how did you end up watching the finale did your hbo max work uh i waited the i guess the 10 minute buffer and that helped for me it looked crispy (laughs) it looked beautiful so i had no problem with it yeah this is one of those times that i'm glad i'm not a cord cutter because my my app wasn't working but i i quickly shifted to the channel and i got that right on time so I got to watch it. Not everybody got to watch it right at nine, but everybody got to watch it eventually. Uh, things began in Fezco's apartment where Custer tried to get him to admit to killing Mouse while he was wearing a wire for the police. Faye gives Fez the heads up that something's going on, but Ash instinctively mm. stabs Custer in the neck. Just like he did with Mouse. Things yeah, some, suddenly things have gone from bad to worse for TV's most lovable drug dealer, at least since high maintenance went off of the air. Uh, we pick back up at Euphoria High with Cassie storming down the auditorium aisles. She's had enough of her sister being celebrated and decides to hop on stage to interrupt the play. Stage managers are in shambles. Yeah, don't like it. The spotlight... The spotlight is on Sydney Sweeney. It devolves into chaos. Maddie starts to yell at her from the crowd and then decides to go fight Cassie <laughs> on stage. What been waiting for? <laughs> Everybody chasing each other around the set. You know, for a show as well shot as Euphoria typically is, this whole sequence was sta- staged a little bit strangely. I don't know if I fully followed the fight. From the frame that you could see right there, imagine if you paid for the fight and then you didn't even see the punches land. Yeah, this one landed off screen. <laughs> I wanted to see a little bit more. Exactly. Rue then goes to Elliot's house to forgive him for snitching her out to Jules, and then Rue has a very relatable experience, being forced to listen to someone on drugs (laughs) play music. Over and over. I like this man, but damn, I think the song is still going. (laughs) 
I'm a little surprised that seems this seems to be the thing in the episode that everybody is complaining about. Because well, it was it was it, just so long. It was the whole uh, he had a pre-chorus on a bridge. He had too much. Yeah, at least we could have taken out a chorus to give Barbie Ferreira some more scenes or something. A frame. Uh, Zendaya co-wrote the song, though. I, I don't know if uh, everybody realized that when yeah, they were listening between live. between her and Lambrin, so that's why she's very happy to see here that she's got a single. <laughs> Fresh off of being depicted as the leader of an orgy of muscled shirtless men, Nate loads a pistol and finds his dad hanging out in a creepy warehouse full of his LGBT friends, I guess. But rather than shoot him, he hands his dad a flash drive. Oh. It's the tapes, I guess, digitized? Everything. And Nate's, and Nate's also given it to the cops. He wants his dad out of his life so that he can move on. I guess we should just ignore the gun? Uh, that's been the thing for this man. He just played Russian roulette not too long ago. Now he's doing this. Uh, they just love you. They love showing you guns. And I think you said it's the reverse Chekhov for this. Yeah, exactly. The the reverse Chekhov's gun. They show it and then never use it. You know, this scene to me felt the most like it was ripped from a soap opera. A lot of Nate's storyline this season uh, was a little bit broad in ways that didn't work for me as well as uh, some of the other characters. I feel you because it goes from a soap opera and then, hey, it's a shootout. Exactly. Back at Fezco's, the cops are outside the door and there's a body bleeding out on the couch. Fez tries to get Ash to leave, but instead the toddler takes a rifle and locks himself in the bathroom. It's time for Euphoria's first shootout. They exchange (laughs) hundreds of bullets and Ash pulls out some John Wick tricks. But in the end, Fez gets shot and Ash gets murked. They had to solve the wall problem one way or another. One way. Yeah, he was going to grow up too big. Exactly. Um, Rue then starts a chant for Lexi back at the play, and despite the hiccups, they decide to finish the play. Then later, Rue calls Lexi to congratulate her. They hang out, talk about the play in one of the quieter yet more effective scenes we've had all season long on Euphoria. When Rue says, I want you to know that seeing the play went the world to me, I cried. And then when they talk about their dads and Rue says, I think they're saying that you got to give it a reason as for the reason for things to happen. Talking about her dad. I cried again. (laughs) This scene was really, really good art. (laughs) It was. Yeah. Although they end it in a little bit of a weird, like flash sideways thing, talking about more like inspiration from lost. I'm not so sure what the chronology is meant to be uh, with it being in the play and then after the play too. Play and it's a little open-ended anyway. for a second mm-hmm. and we'll pull it up later, but it, it, they have a very interesting ending with Rue. Yeah. Later, we see Maddie, Cassie, Kat, Bibi all together in the bathroom and for all of Maddie's talk about liking a fight, Cassie basically looks like she got a really good noogie at the end of this. <laughs> the hair's all messed Cass- up. is like the worst they can do with her. <laughs> right. Cassie says that Nate broke up with her and Maddie responds with, don't worry, this is just the beginning. Which leaves me wondering the beginning of what? Just like more bad decisions? It's that Khaleesi GOT was a season seven (laughs) premiere. That's what they're trying to prep with over here. Yep. After the play, Jules apologizes to Rue and says she misses her. Rue gives her a kiss on the forehead and walks away. Jules cries. There's love between them, but there's so much more that's unresolved. And then at the end of it all, Sam Levinson gives himself a standing Standing ovation. ovation. (laughs) (laughs) Really what it comes down to at the end of it. But yeah, no, I mean, uh, overall, I have enjoyed this past season. I thought it was really good. I'm excited with the amount of people that were able to jump on board 
with the series. And I think overall, it did an effective job, I think, of really building up the characters. Uh, I liked seeing characters who we didn't know much about uh, get a lot more screen time. I liked seeing, uh, you know, even Faz, who got one of the best episodes of the season with the intro. I thought they did a really good job mm-hmm. overall. Uh, but I, I would say it's this. the This is the moment where I want to... this what I want to build up upon. They teased right. us this fest bit all last week just to give us nothing. Did they deliver, mm-hmm. Zach? Did you get enough bullets and lead all over the place? I think I got maybe too many bullets. They really stretched that thing out, man. Uh, it, it was. It feels like a lot of ammunition to bring to like your local drug dealer's den. But mm-hmm. what do I know? Maybe Fez is getting into some really messed up sh- uh, shit on the off-camera stuff that happens. I love how the chat's saying it turned into a Michael Bay movie because... It yeah. kind of did, yeah. I'm not going to lie. It, <laughs> the funniest thing to me is people reacting to that clip on Twitter being like, what is this show about? You know? Because <laughs> you've been seeing all these colors and all of a sudden it's like color graded like Sicario. <laughs> yeah. But that's all because of man right up. here. Uh, <laughs> you find him too cute, right? It's not that I find him too cute. I think people... Uh, their love for the character is way outsized for his role on the show. I mean, did he have a line this season? I, you know? it, it, I think it's less his lines and more like what he represents. It's They his treated presence, him like a puppy yeah. who they found, you know? It's so, cool. And, and obviously that's where a lot of the character of Fez comes in because he's not a person who's going to snitch. You know, one of the things that I knew was happening a lot this season was that everybody was snitching. It was snitch in the movie, right? If it wasn't mm-hmm. Jules snitching on Rue with Elliot, then it was Jules snitching on Cassie and her boyfriend. It was Nate snitching on his dad. It was Lexi snitching on everybody. It was snitching the movie, except when it comes to your boy over here. And a big shout out also, uh, at the pull up a picture again over here. I thought Sherry, come on, that's what I'm talking about. The only people who keep it hush hush. But it was, it was an interesting dynamic of having uh, a group in the show who knows how to keep secrets for the betterment of themselves. Whereas these mm-hmm. ones that we brought up with Nate, with Le- with Lexi, it's like uh, she has that quote where you kind of need to open up. And if you don't open up, does Rue continue to spiral down? Does 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 his dad continue to do horrible things? I don't really know what Lexi was doing. I hope <laughs> I hope she gets more garbage from it because I do think she needs a 50-50 split. Um, and I do wonder what would have happened if Rue was the one who didn't like it and it was Cassie because Cassie mm-hmm. didn't really do much. All, all we ended up with was a Coke can. On a, on a foot, but I wonder what would have happened if it was Rue, considering who Rue is friends with. But uh, overall, yeah. this scene delivered in what uh, I wanted it to be, I guess. I was expecting mm-hmm. if one of the two was going to go, it had to have been Ash. For a second, I thought it was going to be uh, Cherry. I never thought it was going to be Fez. I knew this man yeah, had a lot of stuff it, up his sleeve. I, I know. There's been a lot of speculation about, like, is somebody on Euphoria going to die this season and stuff like that? And I ultimately think that if you're a series regular on a show that's as big as Euphoria, for the most part, you're safe, right? Like, this isn't Game of Thrones. This is this is a high school drama. Uh, and maybe they'll kill off the secondary characters and the people who are guest stars, but d- there's a little bit too much invested in in Angus Cloud and Jacob Elordi for them to just write them off of the show that easily, I think. I agree. But... Uh- you know, it makes sense to write off this kid who's supposed to be young as he starts to get older. He's not going to be the cute little drug dealer's assistant for much longer. I agree. Uh, and he needed to go. Like, he did it to Mouse. He did it over here as well. He's way too impulsive. Even I, I found myself yeah. being one of the ones who wanted to defend him. Uh, he did a little too much. And it, it was sad to see that Fez also gets shot by him. And then Fez is there <laughs> with the letter that I know you don't care about. 
I'm a little interested. It's kind of like the, the office had everybody wondering what a letter has. And, and if they don't get an answer, if they don't get a whole prequel series to that, then they're going to be upset. But like mm-hmm. they stepped on it and everything. And it's now covered in his blood. And the way Fez was shot, I don't think he's dead, but he's definitely in a lot of pain, in my opinion. So yeah. I'm curious to see how they're going to build that up. Um, but I'm glad he's Especially because the initial response and uh, press that he's done since the finale, Angus Cloud has indicated that they haven't told him whether or not he'll be back for season three. Really? I can't imagine he won't be back for season three. Yeah. But, you know, that I guess that's maybe a little up in the air. Uh, I don't see how he doesn't come back. I feel like he's become a fan favorite akin to, like, uh, yeah. Norman over on Walking Dead. Uh, he yeah. seems like a With the letter, Dead. though, I just... It, I was telling you this before the stream. I just think some people are watching the show a little bit too much like it's Lost or like it's Yellow Jackets. And like every little thing is going to be this huge thing that has ramifications. Like uh, he's going to he's gonna open up the letter and it's like Jacob runs the island or something. It's not it's not <laughs> it's that show there. It's a it's a little like I love you and appreciate you note because they're trying to start a relationship. I think it's that not that deep. I feel you. I agree with that. Um the grandma, the one frame of the grandma did that day. I just wanted to mention that and point it out right there that no one even bothered. Yeah, deep to sleeper, very deep sleeper, deep sleeper. Um, but no, I wish the best for Fez. And I don't know what you yeah. cited. I know we we're talking a little bit about this between the relationship of Lexi and Fez. I don't know what their nickname is that they've got going on. Fexy. Look, I appreciate that from episode one. Spitting game. This is a girl who clearly. Can have drug dealers around her not really know much. But he did let her know from the start, this is who I am. When he beat what's-his-name to a pulp, did it matter since he looks pristine? No, but nonetheless, I feel like they know who they are to each other, and yet they're still attracted to each other. I feel like they have very different goals, but I really enjoyed the speech that he gives here about being completely different people, but that being a good thing, mm-hmm. him feeling like that's what attracts yeah. them to a degree. Um I don't know. It's not that's a healthy thing. relationship, but it, it's a cute opposites attract kind of thing. I don't know how much it makes practical sense yeah. given the worlds they operate in, but it, but it's cute, and you kind of need stuff like that to root for on a mm-hmm. show like this. I'm not I'm not like watching, waiting for every new scene, hoping that it's a a sexy scene or something, but like it'd be cute if it happened. Fexy's a weird name, bro. They got to fix that. They got to come up with another one. Uh, but even in that, I, I don't know what relationships people are rooting for here because the other male in this series is uh, probably even worse. I I liked how it played out. Last week we were talking about uh, some of the spoilers in terms of the flashes he was getting when he was um, mm-hmm. watching the play. And I really liked what the director and the producers were talking about in terms of shooting this season in a way that it feels like a memory in that what the characters are watching up on stage could be their interpretation of it. Right. Is it a little bit of a cop-out? Sure. But I, I, I think yeah. they did it effectively this season. I know that's been one of the biggest gripes. We even discussed that when they're watching the show, the moment that the show's going super crazy up on stage, if an audience member sees it, that puts it into reality. Yeah. But then, you know, they're playing out for the fact of that, hey, you know, it could be anything. So uh, we had that big moment in where he was confronted by his mom and she asked him, why do you act so differently? We got that little flash of him feeling like he was touched by his dad, only for it to be revealed here that he was 11 years old when he found, what did he call it? Everything? As a kid, yeah. definitely not on a flash drive, but on a floppy disk or something, and that that's what changed him completely. Yeah. Um, yeah. How do you think this played out? And he's talking about how he has, has nightmares since then. So that's what the flash would have been from the previous season. Um, yeah. I do agree. I think it was a cop-out to do the thing with the gun. 
then pull a little yeah. Aria. Like, they literally had him switch out the gun, put it in the pocket, pull out the USB. It didn't really need that, but I did like the confrontation between him and his dad, and uh, I don't know if that means that his character is completely done. If he's going to come back into play, one of the big factors that he had said in a previous episode was he doesn't want his dad to be known as, you know, a, a sick person because that job is mm-hmm. also going to be passed on to him. It's the family name, so... I thought he had thought that through. He still did this, so we'll see. There was like three cops there, so uh, we'll see how they develop <laughs> yeah. that. Um, exactly. I wouldn't be surprised if Eric Dane is off of this show after this season. I mean, especially between uh, between Cal going to jail and Fez probably going to jail. Like, there's only so many scenes that we can do in prison, right? On, on Euphoria. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How do you feel about the dong usage? In season two of Euphoria, specifically, I don't know if you've heard the controversy that's been spreading. I didn't even realize. Um, Mm -hmm. They're all prosthetics. And I guess that became a really big thing to people who wanted to be immersed, who who really thought these actors were giving it all. Specifically, this actor right here who gave a whole speech where he had his dong out. Turns out (laughs) it it wasn't. It was just uh, more prosthetics than uh, Cobblebot in the new uh, Batman movie. But we'll we'll see where they take him. I I mean... It, it's not a huge deal to me whether or not their prosthetics are, are real because I think the prosthetics are pretty effective. They were pretty um, effective. But they definitely, they were definitely making a point to be like the male nudity show, the random like unflattering male nudity show. Yeah. And that's the thing to me is that like still, like even if you're subverting the idea of it's mostly women who get, uh, get shown naked in TV shows like this, you're not exactly subverting it because you're still not like making it sexual. You're just making it weird and like, there's that one part where you see the guy's dick when he's sitting on the toilet from the first episode. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not exactly a like-for-like like swap by just making it male nudity instead of female nudity. I agree. And to add to that, if they're getting any credit for, like, pushing that boundary, do they deserve it if the females do have to show theirs and the dudes still aren't showing theirs, I guess? That was, like, the big uh, dilemma that people had with it, that they felt that it needed to be, I guess, all in. They, they wanted the whole method acting. Uh, someone who didn't get any method practically no acting i have two frames of this woman right here all right i i got this and i got this that's all they gave us to work with literally uh mm-hmm. everyone i think knows about the behind the scenes if you haven't you can look up everything that's going on i am personally one of the yeah, ones who rumors. feels that it, yeah a bunch of the rumors that happened i don't know if you want to i was gonna say the rumors of her and sam levinson uh clashing on set there is that one quote where Lexi, who I feel is the embodiment of Sam, tells somebody it's the directorial note, just take it. I don't know how deep don't cry. this movie, but hey. Uh, it was a two-parter finale with the previous one being a play where they're playing a version of themselves, playing a version of themselves with Sam Levinson having the show be a version <laughs> of his friends. So I don't put it past mm-hmm. him, but when it came to the yeah, show... I mean, uh, Go ahead. I was I was just gonna say with with Kat's character, there's been a lot of speculation about like why Barbie Ferreira has a decreased role, and I don't want to say for certain that there isn't like some behind the scenes stuff happening, but all, I think sometimes something that happens when you watch a TV show with this many characters is some characters are just not as prominent in certain seasons, right? Like you think about a show like The Office, which has a whole bunch of characters, and how B.J. Novak's character would sometimes just be missing for several episodes in a row. Euphoria only has eight episodes to get this all in. I, I Sometimes the balance is off. This year, Lexi got a lot of scenes. Kat didn't get a lot. I wouldn't be surprised if it flipped right back for season three. I'm not saying there's not more to the story, but I'm, I'm, I'm saying there might not be more to the story. I feel you, but 
I think we could have gotten a whole much after the 40 minutes that uh, Elliot was playing his guitar. <laughs> Um, yeah, I did see yeah. something over here in the chat as I pull it up. I know some people had some comments in terms of uh, who cares about the prosthetics. <laughs> uh, I can see an argument for the nudity. I know in particular a lot of people were saying how funny it was that McKay just kind of disappeared. Um, and yeah. then also a correction for myself when I was talking about um, – I forgot. Uh, Nate? Not, no, Smith's character uh, – LG Smith, ah. he graduated. I didn't realize that people were making a big deal that he shouldn't have even been in the high school party in the premiere of this season. Exactly, yeah. But nonetheless, that was there. That's the thing. There's some rumors that he, like, quit the show or something. And I thought his character just kind of, like, wasn't really relevant I once Cassie and him weren't together. Grade. I told you, dude, he did not like what, how you know, they edited in him college. previous season. Yeah, and now they just booted him to yeah. college and he kind of dipped. I'm not the biggest fan yeah, of that. Yeah, but if he didn't like it, why would he show up in the first episode? I, I don't know. Contractually, it, it seems a little know, bit man. weird to me. Uh, I like what yeah. the best is here. I swear that the whole play was just that Malcolm and Marie storyline. I'm going to get to that in a bit because Zach and I have been saying, like, how deep does this go? How much is this man just right. not writing anything that's new? And it, none of it is fiction. It's all based off of something that happened in his life. Uh, and like mm -hmm. Lexi, he's able to make some content out of it, right? Turn your trauma into art is pretty exactly. much Exactly. What do you feel yeah. about Jules? You were, you were saying there was some reception she, about what are they going to do with Jules next season? How are they going to put her in the show? Zach had a really, really genius idea that he broke down of how they can incorporate Jules in season three of Euphoria. They they can write her into the next season? I don't, I don't know. She Ooh. hasn't, like, left the school or anything. People like, oh, I don't see why... why. They, there's going to be awkwardness. The Being right. able to bring there her was back. awkwardness between her and Rue again. And they made it work. And, and technically, yeah. they even ended up... You can in a better it. place here than the previous season. So, yeah, I, I don't see mm -hmm. that as being much of an issue. Other than I feel yeah. we didn't get much here. I think the biggest uh, yeah. thing that they went through was obviously her uh, snitching about her relapse. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, that's a I big thought they were going to go. I thought they were going to end up going a little bit more into that, like, burgeoning relationship that he she had with Elliot. But then it kind of takes a left turn. And she sort of becomes a character mostly in service of Rue. Um, mm -hmm. she doesn't have a much, much personal development. Her development is mostly just to be there for Rue's whole journey, which, you know, it, it gives her a prominent role on the show, but it does feel a little bit less about Jules's life. You know, I don't, we don't really go home with Jules much, especially in the back half of, uh, season two. Another person who got cut, but even then not as much as Kat. The person mm -hmm. who just became the queen for everybody over here. I have been praising Sydney Sweeney since she was on that Netflix show that got canceled a little too early. But now anything she touches seems like it's going to be turning into gold. Her Joker mm -hmm. arc in this. Her just being able to <laughs> command the scream and become any mean possible. I know we were saying, uh, see if I could pull up the shot over here of the boy in the tub. Here's this angle right here. Euphoria really liked its tub scenes this season. Really, like yeah. I'm trying to see if I can find the other one that I had pulled up here. Um, it's a it's a good contemplative. Maybe Sam gets a lot of writing done in the bathtub. That would make some sense, right? <laughs> I mean, you had you had yeah. Cassie in one, you got Ash in one. I expect a lot more bathtub scenes uh, for the follow ups. But did you like the way that they build up her character? Do you think they went a little, I don't know, too cheap? Do you, you know, think it's in line with who she was in the previous season? I, I wasn't really a fan of Cassie's arc this year. I felt like she kind of regressed in some ways. You know, I think there was moments in season one where she's trying to seemingly confront uh, that, that side of her that she doesn't like as much. And then they doubled down on all of that in season two, which just felt bizarre to me. I mean, I don't know. I 
it was compelling for sure. And I think Sydney Sweeney was extremely good in the part. Like I'm, I think back to the argument that she has with her mom in, I want to say episode seven, it, it, it jumbles a little in my head when they take um, all the knives out of house irritating. Yeah. And how irritating she is, but in, in a very believable way. Yeah. I thought she gave a really effective performance, even if it felt like same, it was catty and, while people complained about that, they were also craving it. The people who were like, wow, so it's just going to be this type of storyline between the two friends. But then they were also the ones saying, I didn't see the, I didn't see the punch land. So clearly it's something that people wanted to see. Uh, I know mm-hmm. you really liked her performance. And I thought this scene was yeah. fantastic. The way it was just blending together. Totally. Um, and uh, speaking of p- great performances, I thought Cassie's mom had a great season. Uh, Alana Ubach is, uh, is her name. Was she great. was very, very funny in her small parts. I just, I love her just loving and clapping for Lexi's play. It's really, really fun. And then trying to be like, oh, my daughter, she's such a genius. She thought of <laughs> yeah. all of this. It's great. This is all part of the play. It's absolutely fantastic. Um, I will say there was some moments where, as we were talking about earlier, that cop-out thing of like, oh, it's on someone's imagination. This was one of those intimate scenes where I don't know how that's written into a script. But I'm sure one of Sam Levinson's friends is at home going, how did he know that a Bobby put it in Euphoria? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I loved a lot of the reactions here. We had this one of Rue. Uh, I'm missing. I did have that extra. You remember the extra who felt like she was getting spoiled? <laughs> I don't know if you remember yeah, that yeah. one. Uh, I thought that was fantastic where they're literally breaking down and she felt like she was going to get spoiled season three of Euphoria uh, as she was watching the play and they were catching her up on it. I'm going to see if I could pull it up right here. The whole like, uh, but I wait, she steals really Maddie's liked... boyfriend thing, I think? Yeah, when she didn't know. Uh, I don't think yeah. I have it, but. Nonetheless, uh, here's a very similar one from Rue. I thought this one was perfect. This was when uh, Cassie's yeah. doing her march down. And they do the whole brawl, the whole fight. I agree with you. It's We needed to see more carnage, I guess. But it's only the beginning. Um, in terms of the other characters, Maddie didn't have much in this season other than hating Cassie and then trying on clothes with the babysitter. I don't know where you think they're going to take right. her character, but I feel that there That's has become the a, a big archetype with characters like this. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know if you no, have any yeah, I agree. Like, they, they didn't really do a whole lot. Like, they, it felt like they were starting something with the whole babysitter plot line, and it, it felt like there was a moment where they were going to allude to, like, her being accused of stealing stuff or something, and then she just becomes besties with Minka Kelly. It, it, it felt like they introduced it and didn't really know how to wrap it up or, or want to just keep it open for next season. But it made it feel like she, again, didn't really have much of her own story to do this year. Even in the beginning, that one whole tense scene where Cassie's in the bathtub, the way that that ends, it's such a fizzle out. That that was a lot of her story. Lines. Yeah. Um, getting into yeah, the deep it, stuff. Again, it's a, her being in service to Cassie or maybe even in service to Nate rather Agreed. than actually growing as a, her own character. 100%. Besides his 20-minute uh, song, did you like Elliot? I'm a big Dominic Fike fan. I hate him because he canceled the concert because clearly he booked Euphoria and those ticket prices were going to go up. Only this man can premiere a song where when everyone else is doing Jimmy Fallon, he's premiering songs on HBO. But I wish it was written by him. Uh, yeah. I thought it was an okay moment. I, I do like him as a character. I, I didn't mind the moment at all. You know, and I think it's it's the kind of thing where you watch a season of a TV show and you it's nice to finally sit with the characters when they've come to a, a 
more settled place, yeah. I think Rue earned that moment because even though he's singing, it's all about her, right? So mm-hmm. I, it, I didn't mind it, man. Like, wh- where's everybody trying to get to? You're all sitting down for Euphoria anyway. It's more Euphoria. I agree. But I also really like the uh, relationship with her and Lexi. I, I thought this moment yeah. was also really badass and where she's starting the chants, gets Lexi all riled up. She's able to come that back really out cool. and perform her art. And then you obviously had the phone call conversation between them and uh, when they actually meet up. And I thought it was – I really also like the editing. I want to give a shout-out to the editing. And I, I know they had, like, different teams as well as cinematographers. But the way that they were mm-hmm. able to just show different memories montage together, this being the memory of Lexi being there – when uh, Rue was sick, but also the one of her father. Um, it, it was a really nice emotional through line where it allows you to connect to the characters to see not only how they perceive a situation, but how they relate to each other. And mm-hmm. I agree with you. I thought they had some of the most beautiful scenes towards the end. Yeah, I don't know if all of the like intercutting worked uh, perfectly, but there are just some moments where it is so beautifully done, and y- you like you just feel like you're slipping in and out of memories, in and out of the past and the present. Uh, I, I want to shout out just this small camera trick that happens in episode seven, where they start the shot on Cassie and they pan over to the mirror, and it's her double from the play in the mirror, like Beautiful. a very classic camera move, but it just, it works so nicely. With no glass, yeah. I, I agree, dude. I, yeah. I, the way that they were just blending the, their real world to the play's world, and then thinking of how much mm-hmm. farther it goes with all the drama behind the scenes, I really thought she walked out on a set, bro. I thought this was a lot. <laughs> I was like, I've never seen a school like this. They just put a school bus on the Warner Bros. Right. line, called it a day, had her walk out. <laughs> I thought they were gonna holy mountain us for a second, but uh, no, overall, I thought it was really good. And then even with Lexi, I'm a big person. I don't have a picture of uh, the other dude, the one who was dating Cat for throughout throughout the uh, the episodes. Ethan, but he, he felt like he was looking more and more and more like um, Sam Levinson, in my opinion. And then <laughs> with Lexi, I felt that she was looking or acting more and more like the director that is Sam Levinson. So mm-hmm. uh, when it got to the point where you actually had these. Uh, What's it called? The people coming out to like break down everything that was happening in the play with the ADs. And yeah. they were saying, wow, yeah. Lexi, she's such a genius. Lexi, she's so smart. All I'm seeing is this man praise himself and writing it for the character of Lexi. Um, the white dude from IndieWire liked it. Uh, it, it really is. <laughs> to me, and we were discussing this, we we're like, how deep can it go? And I'm like, Zach, the man made Malcolm and Marie. I don't think he has any shame in not getting as deep as he does. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's just how I felt. That every time I saw the ADs doing something, I'm just picturing his own AD going, damn it, Sam, stop speaking for me. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, Lexi really killed it. And it was really funny to see people on Twitter realize who her parents were. Right? <laughs> if it didn't change yet, your opinion that one before post you knew, that... I don't think it should change it after. Yeah. That one post where somebody recognized Leslie Mann but didn't know who Judd Apatow was. That's funny. Um, (laughs) Yeah. It was cool to see Maud Apatow's role increase. She probably got the biggest upgrade in screen time between seasons one and two. Mm -hmm. Um, And she's a character I like a lot, even though I felt like the the director personality was very different from the, like, at-home personality. I guess that's what they're going for. I think that's what he's trying to say. Again, yeah, he's just defending himself, know. bro. I guess the idea yeah, that you yeah. turn your trauma and you take your pain and you turn it into art, right? Lexi gets to justify right. it the same way that he's trying to justify it as well. But uh, some of the last minute things that I, I did want to bring up just out of uh, 
interest little things that they were able to change for this season. Jeremy O'Harris, for those of you who don't know, they have a lot of behind the scenes when it comes to uh, consultants. If you haven't followed his stuff, the man's a consultant for everything. I don't know why it's always him. Like, he was even an <laughs> Emily in Paris for that stuff, but Zola would be probably mm. the biggest thing that I recommend uh, from his stuff. I know he's got a play as well. I have not seen the play. Yeah. I'm not endorsing oh, the play. Slave Play is a big yeah, one. I know. Slave Play is huge, huge. on Broadway right now. I, know. I haven't seen it yet. but um, So he's been on... Uh, Euphoria, probably anything that you think is authentic comes from him. I was really excited to see that. Kevin Abstract, look at it. Man doesn't even have a full IMDb picture yet, but he's continuing <laughs> to do a lot more stuff. I know he consulted on a couple of mm-hmm. episodes from Brockhampton, if you don't know. Um, but just a big shout out to the DP team as well. If You, you got a yeah. Kevin, you got I, a Kevin thought? I, I just, it's in my head, whenever I see his name, I'm like, is he just getting a cult- consultant credit for knowing Dominic Fike? But I, I'm sure there's something <laughs> more there. <laughs> Honestly, it could be. Who even knows, right? He's just getting the credit yeah. for it. He's his probation yeah. officer at this point. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, just shout out the DP team. I really like what they did this season. Uh, you know, they, they were talking in the behind the scenes all the time about how they shot an ectochrome and they, they really wanted to make a big deal shooting in film. And honestly, for for all the actors in Euphoria, what can be better than being on a show where they are capturing you in the most beautiful light on film? You know, like you're mm-hmm. not going to be in other mm-hmm. projects where they're going to cash out the money uh, or even more know how to even light these things. So a big shout out to the team just all across creatively. I thought they did a fantastic job with it. Um, and I really like this new thing that they've been doing. The episode titles in season one were mm. all rap songs. Yeah. You know, you got Chick one, Stuntin' Like My Daddy. Cool stuff. I had no idea what they were doing in season two, dude. I had to search these up individually. I had no idea what they were representing. Some of these are quotes. Some of these are, uh, like, phrases. They're books. I know the finale one was named, or not the finale, but one of the uh, highest rated ones um, uh, right here. The hummingbird one. And the you cannot see uh, were, like, based off of actual artworks so the man just went to the mm-hmm. moment he's like that's what i'm gonna base it off of so he's becoming more and more i think abstract so i'm curious to see what he's gonna do in season three if season one was supposed to be like you know that euphoric high that the characters are going through then two's a memory i don't know what he's gonna get into do you have any theories on where he could take it what could be the most interesting way to i guess shape up euphoria not let it get stale because as we said there's a lot of euphoria elements that we feel it starts parodying itself yeah. Well, I think the main thing to think about is sort of the biggest through line in the show is Rue and her sobriety, right? Because where we, with, with season one, it was kind of a, a fight to get sober. And then she sort of went full into her drug use um, at the end. Then season two is her deep in it and being pulled out of it by the end. So now heading into season three, we have a sober Rue. Who knows for how long she said yeah. through the end of the school year in her narration. Um, I, I, can't imagine that the show is suddenly going to uh, have Rue not be confronting with that. So, you know, we'll probably get a lot more of uh, Rue doing NA meetings, maybe a little bit more of Ali. You know, I, I missed Coleman Domingo in those last couple hey, of shout episodes. shout out Coleman Domingo. Everything he was in was fantastic. Yeah, so uh, that's definitely something that uh, we could see more of. You know, uh, I was talking with Caitlin about whether or not we'll see Dominic Fike back on the show, and I feel like he's probably done. Although may, this, this doesn't feel like a Euphoria move to me. This feels more almost more like a like a girls move or something. But it'd be interesting to see him brought back for one episode if mm. Rue does slip back into her bad tendencies. Okay. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where that goes. As we mentioned, like that Maddie and Cat and Jules all kind of 
kind of had less to do this season. So I'm hoping next season we can maybe re-enter their worlds a little bit. Kat clearly uh, was picking up the cam work again. And I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of interesting stuff to explore, explore there. Um, I don't know if they're setting up the Maddie relationship with her, uh, the the person who hires her as a babysitter to be something more than what it was this season, but that'd be kind of cool too. So a, a lot of threads that I think we can, we can see more of. Is there something you're expecting for the next season? What was the year they gave? 20, 2024? Uh, something, some really far away number. So we got a, a bit cause it was what, three years since the last one. I'm banking yeah. kind of like what you said, going off of, um, almost a one shot. I like what they did with the specials in between COVID. Uh, I would like to see uh, mm-hmm. those episodes done with characters that aren't main characters. Yeah, they were uh, they were done out of a necessity because of COVID, but it it's it was so good that I, I really hope they try and continue that tradition, you know? Yeah, that's definitely what I'm looking forward to. But overall, I thought it was a fantastic season. Not better than one, but I'm so happy that it became even bigger. And I think that's what... Uh, you know, a series like HBO can hope for. I hope that it doesn't become too much that it parodies itself, but I'm very excited for what season three has to offer. Yeah. And I hope that the cast is able to do a lot more really good things. But um, yeah. other than that, I don't know if you have any last minute thoughts on Euphoria or any of the upcoming we Lettuce Explains that will be question, doing. We got a question from the live stream asking, do you want Sam Levinson to bring in more writers or directors to help him with season two, maybe take some of the scripts off of him? And I think that's a really interesting idea because, you know, it's not it's not like a show that has had some episodes be a big collaboration like he's really the driving force behind it's this him. um it does seem like he likes to consult like i would not be surprised if uh, guys like Jeremy or O'Harris are actually doing some uncredited writing on these scripts. Interesting. And that's why they get that consultant credit. All right. Um, but I feel like it's so his energy and partially because it has that dynamic visual quality to it. I don't know if you get the same thing if somebody writes the script and then passes it off to somebody else who directs it and neither of them are Sam Levinson or something like that. Yeah. Um, it, it definitely... me. It definitely keeps the show from reaching certain heights in some ways, but I don't know if it would feel like the same show if it wasn't all Sam Levinson. I agree with you 100%. That, yeah, it has to be him. Yeah. Um, other than that, I'm curious to know your thoughts. Uh, shout out to everybody who is in the live chat. We're seeing people praising Coleman Domingo, saying that Dom will be coming back, so there is that. Uh, but I'm curious to see mm. any of y'all's theories, what your favorite moments were from the previous season, what you hope to see coming forward. Uh, but when it comes to Intercut, we will be doing a couple more of these Let Us Explains in the coming weeks, so sh- check out everything that we have. Uh, we have Genius, which I know is going to be the next one that we're, we have on the horizon, along with yes. the Batman. So if you haven't binged that stuff on Netflix or haven't bought your tickets and IMAX to go see the new Batman movie, then get on that so you can be a part of the discussion. Uh, But until then, don't forget to comment, like, and subscribe. And remember, sometimes people just need to get their feelings hurt, Zach.